Afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode. On today's episode, we have Dave Wright all the way from hopefully sunny Edinburgh. Is that right? It is sunny today, yes. <laughs> you never know in Edinburgh. And we were just chatting before yeah. this happened, and you said you were from Nashville, and I thought you were still based in Nashville, but I guess Nashville is a little bit different to Edinburgh as well. That's right. Right there, it's uh, 100 degrees, and everybody's complaining of heat waves, and that is where I am based. But I just so happen to be in the UK right now, have been for the past two weeks, uh, establishing some roots and getting to meet some people here. So I'm enjoying the 70-degree weather around here right now. Oh, yeah. This is probably the hottest it will get, and then it will start raining again. Don't worry about <laughs> that, yeah. Cool. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm sorry. What was it, sorry? Uh, the first time I came to visit Scotland, uh, just in immigration, the, the gentleman says to me, um, he says, uh, the weather that you get is the weather that you'll have. And so I are, always approach it, uh, my, uh, my visits here with the same mentality. Yeah, it's one of those where you just don't really know what's going to happen. It's either going to be cold and wet or it's going to be cold and wet. It's one right. or the <laughs> other, really. <laughs> yes. Okay. So for everybody who doesn't know who Dave Wright is... Could you share maybe a just a two-minute intro into who you are and who Jumpstart Fitness is? Sure. Jumpstart Fitness came about because I was a new and struggling gym owner um, in January of 2020. So I opened my gym. Rather, I took over the ownership of a gym from a previous owner that had closed at the end of December of 2019. Um, it was a struggling gym, but had a vibrant community that I wanted to keep alive. Uh, we reopened the place very quickly after the doors closed previously. Um, we worked on building a member base, but um, immediately had to shut down due to quarantines. Um, so about two and a half months of no eligibility to be open. Um, I had to refine how I was going to do business, how I was going to maintain profitability. I had to work myself into efficient processes to make sure that we could keep the doors open and pay our staff. So um, started with a CrossFit affiliate in Nashville, Tennessee, realized that the fitness industry is where I wanted to be and has since moved on from ownership of that CrossFit affiliate, but started Jumpstart Fitness so that I could provide that um, knowledge and experience that I had during that time, plus all the knowledge and experience of traveling literally the world, uh, visiting different affiliates and different gyms and speaking with different gym owners and trying to find processes and recommendations that will work for other new or struggling gym owners. Mm, okay. And how have you found it? And have you seen a, 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 a massive difference in needs and wants or are, are the needs and wants quite similar throughout, no matter where you are? Yeah, I love that question, and that's exactly uh, what I'm here for as, as a business owner is to help identify those things that make these gyms unique um, because I think that's so important is for a gym owner to have that individuality, that uh, specific client base that they serve. And so I like to visit these different locations and find out what makes them work, uh, what makes them profitable, what makes them successful as a whole, because profitability isn't just the only thing tied into success. There are other things too. For instance, just the ability to show up on a daily basis is a big deal. Um, if you can create an environment where your staff and you as a gym owner still want to show up on a regular basis, that's an absolute win. That's a success. 
Um, but profitability is obviously an important key there too. So how do we um, create an environment that is unique to the gym owner and bought in and, uh, and enjoyed by your staff and by your members that you can not only see profitability, but that long-term success over time. So I find it, um, it varies, which it should. Um, there are a lot of companies out there that offer videos and uh, templates and uh, PDFs to help you understand what a successful and profitable gym looks like. But I don't think it should be a cookie cutter thing. I think that there are 7 billion people on this earth and we could all participate in fitness in some way, shape or form. And so there could be, I don't know, 1 billion different gyms with different personalities that can all approach those potential clients um, and create an environment that they like to show up to as well. Hmm. And that kind of nicely takes us into what we're going to talk about today, which is how to maintain that individuality as a gym owner. So what does that title actually mean in a real simple way? What is it we're actually going to talk about today then? Sure. Um, individuality in uh, being a gym owner is really important. Again, I, I feel like um, sometimes we, we reach out for that template that easy to understand guide from how I go to opening my doors, to hitting profitability, to being able to retire or sell my gym um, to put me into retirement. Um, and that's great, but I think the process is what matters. I think that gym ownership is no different than an actual fitness program. So when you enter your, your, your fitness place, your gym, um, you're probably going there for a specific reason. There are hundreds of 24-hour fitness places, but there is a reason why you go to the 24-hour fitness or the lifetime fitness or whatever it is. There's a specific reason, and it's not just location. It's about equipment. It's about vibe. It's about the community, the people that you run into there. It's about the color scheme. It's about so much more than just location. Um, and so when we maintain our own individuality or create our own individuality in a gym, we are not only providing an expression of the gym owner itself, uh, but we're also creating a community of potential clients that want to join us there and want to continue to join, which ultimately is the most important part of fitness is consistency is bringing in those clients and keeping them there for a long time so that they see the results and so that you as a gym owner are happy and see revenue long term. So I'm a new studio owner. I've just about set my own studio up now, boot camp, whatever it is. And I have a style of coaching. I have a style of how I do things, how I talk to people and all this stuff. This is kind of like you say, my individuality. But now I'm bringing these people in and I've got a couple of people there who are a bit different to me. I've got other people there who don't like the same choice of music as me. I've got other people over there who don't really like the type of workouts that we do. How am I supposed to keep my individuality while also trying to please all these other people who have now become clients? Yeah. Well, it, chances are if they continue to show up and they still don't like the music or whatever it might be, there's a reason why they're showing up. So they have some connection to what you are providing. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't try to change that um, to appease everyone. Continue to provide what you're providing. 
don't be exclusive to the type of person that you serve. Just recognize that you are providing a specific service and you are good at it. People continue to show up and they want to be there. So find more people like that, that want to be there, be um, specific about the service that you provide and continue to encourage those that find value in that service to continue coming back. It doesn't mean you push people away. So I guess a, a really good explanation, I've probably uh, told this story to 100 people by now, but um, early after reopening our, our gym, my gym after the quarantine shut, down, shut us down in Nashville, there was a very excited young athlete that comes bounding into the front door. Um, myself, some other coaches were there. It was a quiet day, so we were just having a lift on our own. But this athlete, I think it was a Sunday, so we weren't even open. He comes bounding in the front door, and he has this energy, and he's a, he's a specimen. He's got the physique like, a, like an elite athlete. And he says, I'm really looking to train. I'm looking for a good community, and um, I want to lift heavy things, and I want to get better. And that was exciting. We were happy to have a new individual show up at all. But within a couple of days of him coming in for his first workout, um, I pulled him aside and I let him know exactly what we were offering. We were offering training for the average athlete. We were providing training for the 80% of the people around us that just needed some kind of fitness in their life. We weren't there specifically for elite athletes or gymnasts. Um, or soccer players, excuse me, football players. Um, there wasn't a specific goal to reach out to those who were already a part of the fitness community. We wanted to bring in new faces, people mm -hmm. that were maybe intimidated by a gym like ours by name, but we wanted to bring in folks that were just looking for a good work, workout, put in some hard work, go home and enjoy their days. This particular gentleman didn't, um, see as much value in what we provided. He wanted to be amongst elite athletes who were training for the CrossFit games or whatever. He, he himself is a great rugby player and a wrestler. Um, so we weren't quite a fit for him. We welcomed him every day that he showed up. We encouraged him to continue lifting his best, uh, increasing his mobility. We were looking to provide value to him and never shunned him. We let him put on his music and all of that. Um, but ultimately, we recommended that maybe he would want to try a gym down the road. It happens to be CrossFit Trivium, where a couple of elite CrossFit athletes train. Um, he's gone over there, and he's found great success there. Um, it wasn't a knock on what we were providing. It just so happened that this particular client um, didn't see as much value in what we provided. We weren't exclusive in shunning him. We wanted him to be there. But we knew what we were providing, and we knew that as long as he saw value in that, he would continue to stay around. And once he didn't see value, he was moving on, and that's okay. So let's take it to a slightly more extreme route then. And I've got a, a client in mind who has this kind of setup. Let's say um, you want to train in a unique way. Let's say the 300 style workout where it's Spartan and all this type of stuff. And 
you've kind of got all that type of equipment, you've kind of branded it all up, you've kind of got the name, you've, it's all kind of really unique around the Spartan culture, even like your core values and everything, listen, it's all a very unique way. How were you supposed to convince or pull in the general population who's probably going to look at that and think, well, that's a bit, a bit strange, a bit different, a bit unique, and convince them to come into your real specific type of way you do things? Yeah. Um, well, my initial reaction is maybe it's not for everybody, and that's okay. Um, you can open the door to being for everybody by marketing being for everybody. Um, just last night, I was, I was walking up, um, where are we now? We were around uh, Lawn Market, and I walked by a coach who had access parkour on his T-shirt. And I just realized that this is a thing around here. There are groups that'll show up at a specific location and train for parkour. Is everybody going to train parkour? They could. Everyone absolutely could train parkour. In fact, they market themselves as being for everybody, kids, elderly. If you just want to learn how to move and functional movement, you're welcome. But it's okay to be exclusive too. So for those 300 style gyms, you could provide results. You could show a mirror image of somebody who started and was nervous about that sort of approach. But you realize that at the end of two months, they were breaming with confidence. They had a strength that they never knew that they had. Um, and that's okay to show too. You can show that you are the everyman gym or the every woman gym depending on whatever style that you're operating. Or you can say, we've got a smaller space. We are training elite athletes in our specific genre and you are welcome to show up. It doesn't matter what you look like or what your background is. You are welcome, but it may not be a value for you if you're not interested in lifting heavy chains uh, or working out in a dungeon or whatever it might be. Be exclusively yourself, be individual be welcoming for anybody who wants to try you out, but also realize too that you may not be for everybody. And the value that you provide can only be attested or affirmed by the people that see value in it when they come in. Okay, so let's rewind quite a few steps then from having this 300 Spartan style studio to just having a very, very simple, straightforward, typical studio that you'd see anywhere in the world. You now want to create that vision, that Spartan vision, that, like you say, in the in the dungeon vision, whatever your style of training is. How would you set up a vision, uh, a business to go from very simple, standard, basic to this unique, different, very individual style setup? In that particular case, it, it sounds like it's a complete rebranding. Um, and that's okay too. You can rebrand, you can go searching for all of those new clients that fit your new brand. In fact, I did that at my gym as well. Um, we had gone from 100, uh, a little over 100 members to 32 members in less than 10 months. So the gym was suffering, um, but the community was still solid. We still enjoyed the people that were showing up every day. Um, but when we reopened, unfortunately, we only reopened to 14 different people. 
we thought we were going to maintain the vision and the mission of the previous owners and hopefully continue to grow back up to those 100 members quickly. It didn't work out that way. Um, it wasn't too dissimilar, but it was different enough that we had to set out and find clients that wanted to be a part of our new vision. So rebranding yourself and either setting up new marketing styles, setting up new um, decor inside the gym, new equipment, that sounds like a complete 180. And that's okay too, but you again have to realize that the 300 members that you had that were used to that basic gym setup, they might not be all for coming back into that 300 style uh, gym setting when you rebrand, but that's okay. If that's what your vision is and your long-term success looks like that, go find the clients that you, um, excuse me, that will come in and find value in what you're providing and continue to grow that way. Okay, so we've decided we're going to go for it. We're going to make a radical change to the business, the uh, to make it more individual to you, so it has your real stamp, look, and feel. You've gone from a hundred plus clients to twenty clients because everyone is unsure; they just don't think it's right for you. How do we now replenish? How do we now find eighty people who would be interested in what it is you now offer? Yeah. Um, in this particular example, let's let's stick with the idea that we want to serve the general population, right? We're not so elite that we are going hunting for those clients that are, are training for the Highland Games and we're looking for specific athletes. Let's say that we just want to recruit the general population. Um, that's okay. The previous population will realize that, oh, I can uh, switch over to this new aesthetic, this new goal, this new service, and still find the results that I want. Again, to continue to market yourself as an individual space that's providing great fitness for the general population. And you can change your aesthetic inside the gym as much as you want all the time if you wanted to. Um, but again, if we're going from 100 to 20 members and now we need to get back up, you need to continue to search for the general population. You need to show results for people that are interested in getting better um, for their wellness, their health and their fitness in, in general. Um, bringing in new leads is always going to be the goal, right? You have to find leads um, that suit your individuality. So if I'm going to um, do a social media campaign and I'm gonna reestablish my aesthetic as being this 300 style gym, I'm not gonna post something about uh, squeaky clean equipment. I'm not going to partner with um, a potentially, again, this is all hypothetical, but I'm not going to potentially partner with a vegan market down the road um, or uh, some other sort of partnership that leads people to believe that we are um, something other than bread and meat and cheese and lifting heavy chains and being in the dark and listening to thrash music, right? If that's your aesthetic, don't go after the potential clients that are looking for something completely different. Try and market yourself to the people that can, or excuse me, see value in what you are offering. There are some specific strategies, partnerships that you can look for, um, having the discussion with potential leads. You can market yourself to everyone out there. Again, this is general population, but you want to be specific when you sort of interview your potential clients to say, this is what we provide. 
we are excited to show you results, but it's going to be in this method. We're not going to go out and uh, you know, run a 6K and uh, take photographs around a monument. We are going to get dirty. We are going to lift heavy things. We are going to be pounding our chests and motivating each other. And again, it's a service that provides value, but you want to be specific with the people that you're bringing in. Cool. Okay. So throughout this conversation so far, you keep mentioning community. What does community mean? What is community? Yeah, community is uh, what it is coming out of the culture that you set up in your gym. Um, so I've got a, a client right now where we're talking about purchasing new equipment, for example. It even starts at that level. Um, it's obviously more broad about the staff that you bring in, the location where you're set up, all of that. But even for just equipment purchasing, for example, so you walk into this 300 style gym, um, you're going to have bare bones. There are specific gyms that open up um, and furnish their place with old beat up wood benches. Uh, they specifically put down flooring that is brutal, hard, cold. They do that for an aesthetic purpose. There are other gyms that have lovely uh, rubber floors, deep rubber floors that are soft to walk on, chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. Um, different aesthetics work for different people. And again, um, provide that individuality that is, I think is so important. Um, I've gotten a little off topic. I forgot about the question here. Um, but going back, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Community. That was it. No, I was just yes. going to remind Community. You. That's right. Um, so when we're talking about community, it starts from all of those initial purchases, the culture that you set up, the equipment, for example. So if we're talking about um, keeping weighted plates, are you just um, purchasing um, plates that are old and rugged? They're the metal. They're a little rusted out. They're used. Are you getting nice bumper plates that bounce off the floor? Are you getting plates that are for Olympic weightlifters? Um, are you stacking those plates? Are you just throwing them uh, around on the floor? Whatever your aesthetic is, whatever your culture is, you need to extend that on. And again, recruit clients that are happy to find value in that specific setting. The community evolves around that. So you can set up a rule, for example, please stack your plates after you're done with them stack them in this particular order, mop up after yourself, make sure there's no chalk on the floor, no uh, rope uh, shavings uh, lingering on the floor, whatever it might be, clean up after yourself. That's a simple piece of culture that extends into your community, a community of people that like to take care of the things that are around them, uh, are maybe a little bit more um, immersive when they join the gym, they're a little bit more chatty, a little bit more social. You might have that type of, of gym or that community. Um, it ex obviously extends into more social gatherings, for instance. So the gym that was mine previously under different ownership, they tried to do some community outings. So they would go bowling outside of the gym. They would go to whatever club or whatever event. It turns out that uh, those didn't work really well for them. Not many people showed up. But when they set up an event in the gym and turned it around exercise, so they had a little fitness uh, competition and then stuck around for a couple of uh, brews in the gym. That was huge. People attended that and loved to bring their kids along to watch or hang out and be involved. 
So there are different ways that you can create community and extend that community. But again, it should remain very individualistic. A lot of that can extend from the culture that the gym owner sets up in the first place. Nice, nice. Okay, so over to you. Is there any specific questions you think I haven't asked, which I should have asked around how to maintain individuality as a gym owner? No, I, I feel all of that is really good. Again, I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but you had a, um, a guest on somewhat recently, or at least the podcast was released, uh, I think this past week, um, who was talking about fakes in the industry. And uh, I really latched onto that and wanted to extend that sort of into this conversation as well. Not so much about um, how things can be fake, although that's definitely true, um, but more so that it seems like gyms are continually, just as everything seems to go over time, gyms seem to become more corporate as things go along. But I think one of the beautiful things about CrossFit, for example, is that affiliates are meant to be individualistic. They're not allowed to open multiple affiliates, for example, because they want you to keep your specific, unique, individual affiliate unique and individual. So when we start leaning on different companies that'll provide templates and videos of, hey, you should just try this, well, more people latch onto that and more people uh, start using the same template and thereby it becomes less individualistic over time. So I think that although it's great to have advice, it's always good to have advice from people who have been there and who have worked with uh, several different gym owners or maybe a hundred different gym owners to create something successful. It's always great to learn from that, but never forget that the individuality of your gym is what's going to make you successful long-term. Nice, nice. Okay. Um... Yeah, I think that was it. And then you've like kind of gone into the fake stuff as well. That kind of took me a little bit off topic. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all the questions I had. No other questions have come in on Facebook so far. So I'm guessing everyone's just kind of just taken it all in as well. For anybody that is watching or listening now or further down the line and they want to know a little bit more about maybe what it is you do or about what you've done in the past or a little bit more about this individuality style of setup, how can people reach out and have a chat? Yeah. Uh, search for me on Instagram or Facebook. So social media presence is at Jumpstart Fitness Co. CO being for company. So Jumpstart Fitness Co. Um, and they're welcome to DM me. There's information, a link to the website as well through that. But that's the easiest way to DM me over social media. And I'm very responsive there. Nice. Dave, I appreciate you coming on today. Hope you enjoy sunny Scotland. And then hopefully we'll make so much as well. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. No problem. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.